My name is Sally Hellingston, and I am the chapter president of Women's Energy Network Colorado. WENCO provides networking and leadership opportunities for women and men working in the energy industry. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories of leaders who have shown resiliency in their career, their personal life, and even their communities. We hope these episodes inspire resiliency in your own life. So let's do this. Today's episode is brought to us by Latitude Field Services. With more than 50 years of combined experience, Latitude provides facilities and pipeline construction services throughout the Western region. For more information, please visit them at latitudefieldservices.com. So today we get to talk to Waverly McDaniel, co-founder and lead designer at Type 7 Creative Agency. Not only is she with Type 7, but she also is the marketing director for WEN Colorado. For those that aren't aware, WEN Colorado is leading all of the other chapters in their beautiful design work, all thanks to Waverly. So with Type 7, she does a variety of things, but basically focuses on branding, strategy, and design for clients that are having to adapt to changing landscapes in a digital age. So let's get started. Welcome, Waverly. How are you today? Great. How are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you because as you know, I absolutely love your work and everything you do. Oh gosh, thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to hear all the tricks of the trade as well as how the Enneagram can help um, inform your personal brand, which I think is super mm-hmm. exciting. So let's get started a little bit. Um, how do you want to start this? Do you want to start with the Enneagram or do you want to talk about personal brand first? I think I'll start with personal brand and just kind of go over it because I feel like to a lot of people, it sounds really intimidating when you hear that you need to be putting time and effort into your own personal brand. And so I think when we hear that a lot of times as women, especially we think, okay, my Instagram needs to look better. I get it. And it's so much more than that. And really it doesn't even have to do with what your Instagram looks like. It's more about just like your overall presence, whether that be in person, whether that be your first impression when you meet someone or whether it be your online presence. So, and I'm sorry to interrupt you here really quick, but one of the things that I've always associated with personal brand is your outfit. So like, I feel like (laughs) a lot of the, uh, conferences I've gone to for women somehow have a session where a woman rolls in a rack of clothing and starts talking to you about what to wear. And I immediately walk out. Yeah. You <laughs> so. know, I can't stand those. Cause I'm like, don't, and it, I mean, it obviously does have to do with your overall appearance. Like you want to be put together, you want to come across well, but it's so much more than what you're wearing. And it's so much more than, you know, if you're in a blazer or a pencil skirt or the heels or anything like that. Like I always, I push back on that really strongly too, because I just, I don't like when we limit it down to things like that or something so simple as, you know, make sure you're investing in your wardrobe. You know, it's, it's a lot more than that. It's your passions. It's the things that you, it's your, that you value, the things that you really care about and how you want to share those things to the world. And those things become your reputation. And so really more than the clothes you wear and how you look in your photos. It's the overall reputation that you're developing by every single thing that you do. If that kind of makes sense. It does make sense. And you brought it up a little bit, but in this digital age, like I think people see us more online than they do in person nowadays. And so I think this is where it would be super helpful to hear your thoughts on what that online presence should look like. Yeah. So I think the biggest way 
And the main way that we should be thinking about personal branding is thinking about the way that someone would describe you. So Sally, if you're telling someone else about me that doesn't know me, has never met me, and you're saying she is this, this, and this, right? I want to craft my own personal brand. Let me stop with awesome, amazing, and beautiful. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. But I personally have done a lot of work to craft what people say about me. And so I do that on my own personal, you know, channels of social media. But I also do that when I'm in person by just the words that I say and how I tell people what I care about. And so a lot of that can be developed online. LinkedIn is awesome because it is that professional sphere. You know, you're you're talking to your coworkers, you're talking to past coworkers or old managers, current managers, you know, potential hires. Um, so it is that great place for you to really promote what you're about in the professional landscape. Um, whereas like your Facebook and your Instagram are where you get a little more, you know, personal. And a lot of times you don't want to share that with your whole network, but LinkedIn is often a place where you are sharing to everyone that you know and are connected to. And so with that, I would say share things that you care about. Like, I actually think that you, Sally, do an amazing job on LinkedIn. You're always promoting, um, you know, the oil and gas industry, you're promoting different energy sectors, you're promoting, um, nonprofits that you're involved in. And so just by looking at your LinkedIn alone, I know what you're about and I know what you care about. And so I'm like, here is Sally and here's everything that she values all. And it's all right there on our LinkedIn profile, all by based on her shares and the content that she's promoting. So that's I, do, a good... I do curb a little bit because instead of using actual swear words, I'll use like <laughs> ampersand, hash, hashtag, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Just so I don't look su- super crude. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like it still shows your personality while getting across that you are like, you know, still yourself. So um, but in a more professional way. So, um, yeah, LinkedIn is great for that. Well, and so one thing I've noticed, too, is people that may not be able to afford a, a professional headshot. But I also don't think that you should just take a picture of yourself with a fish and put it on LinkedIn either. Would you agree oh, yeah, with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think if you can't afford a headshot, which I get because they are expensive and hard to come by, I would say take your phone. If most most of us have iPhones or smartphones of the like, I would say take that and have your roommate or your significant other or somebody have you stand on a blank wall with something that is presentable looking and as your top use portrait mode and just snap a photo with good lighting. And there's your headshot. Like you don't need to have something that's super professional. You just need to look again, like put together. We want to look like we have our craft together. And so that's something I'd say with the photo and then just make sure that all of your information is filled in. You want to have a strong summary and you want to have all of your background as far as work experience and volunteer experience, all of that filled out. And um, just know that LinkedIn is one of the main places that employers find people. And if they're not finding you there, then they're definitely looking at you once you've applied to the position. And if your LinkedIn isn't strong, then your chances of getting that position aren't strong either. So it's just good to have a LinkedIn. And then it's also great if you can have a very clean, put together Facebook or something of the like to back that up too. Well, that's another question that just I came up with is privacy on these accounts. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been told that LinkedIn is, should be your professional public self. Mm-hmm. Facebook should probably be your friends and keep that private so that a job hunter can't find you and the things that you're doing on weekends like shotgunning beers or 
things that you did in college that just never seemed to go away. Yeah, I think that the crazy thing about that, I would say go ahead and do a Facebook audit because I work for a career center at CU. And one thing we realize is that employers still have ways to find photos. So there's like even ways that I know um, just from even when I was in a sorority and we were looking at recruiting girls, like there's so many ways around your actual account and the privacy settings you have and those photos, if they're up there, they're up there. And so sometimes if I even look up a friend, there's like a, a, a couple quick tricks that I could teach anyone about how to find photos that they don't even know are up there. And you just want to make sure that those are kind of off your profile, especially off of all of your Facebook profile photos and all of the cover photos, because those are usually accessible to anyone. So just clean it up. You know, we don't need to have shotgunning beers. <laughs> you have a picture of a drink, just that, you know, you know, yeah. we all know if you see it and you'd think something, if you were a hiring manager and you'd look at a photo and go, eh, then probably delete it. So one of the things when we were discussing this episode was um, you had brought up how Enneagrams can really help uh, inform your personal brand. Um, I'm a three and I know that and I know we'll get into that a little bit, but why don't you give our audience a little overview of what the Enneagram is um, and a little detail about each number. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Definitely. So I think to sum it up, your personal brand is really um, establishing and promoting what you stand for and building your own reputation so that you're taking the control into your own hands about what other people are saying about you. So if you don't really know where to start and you're like, I don't really know who I am or what drives my decision-making, I think the Enneagram is a fantastic place to start because what it is, is it's a personality typing tool that's made up of nine different personality types. And those personality types describe the patterns in the way that people behave and the core motivators that just that drive their decision-making. So just to briefly overview each type, there's your ones and those are considered the perfectionist and um, ones care all about what is good and what is right. And a lot of times they'll leave their comfortable lifestyles to go and sacrifice on a mission to better the world. And so whether that be they just are, you know, perfectionist and super clean and orderly in their own lives or they're, you know, Nelson Mandela or Atticus Finch, they're your um, sort of your do-gooders of the world. And then we have your twos who are the helpers and they're just very servant hearted. They want to help others. They want to serve others. They want to, you know, my mom is a two. She's your classic, just like always bringing goodies everywhere she goes, always wanting to serve everyone in the family, all of her friends. And so people who are just driven by the need to serve others. And then threes, which is you, Sally, it's the achievers. And so these threes are all driven about, they're driven by success. And so everything they do is about success, oftentimes status. These, a lot of times are your CEOs. CEOs, your class presidents, your presidents of organizations, um, people who are drawn to being workaholics and um, just love that status and achievement. Fours are there a bunch of different names for them, but a lot of people call them the artist, and they are driven by authenticity and they love seeing themselves as individuals who are very unique and very true to themselves. They feel emotion very deep and the deepest of all of the numbers. And a lot of times, I mean, these are your Bob Dylan's, your people who oftentimes find like your Edgar Allan Poe 
artists and creative types are oftentimes fours. And then five, which is actually what my husband is, it's the analyst or the investigator. They are um, very analytical and they are observing types. They are all data-driven, knowledge-driven. It's all about how much how many, how much data can I gather? How many facts? And, you know, um, they're always looking at the world from a bird's eyes view and just seeing what they can learn about it. It's all about learning for them. Sixes are the loyalist and they are, um, very obviously loyal because their title is the loyalist, but they also are very fear driven. And so sixes are the most common type, but they have, um, just a lot of need for security. So their key mode, their core motivator in life is just the need to feel secure and comfortable. And then sevens are the sunshine of the Enneagram. I like to say they're called the enthusiast and that's what I am. And their core motivator in life is just having as much fun as possible and gaining as much, you know, gratification out of life as they possibly can. Eights are the challenger. So a lot of times these are the people who will start conflict or not afraid of conflict at all. <laughs> they're your advocates. They're the people who will stand up for the underdog. Um, they're the more aggressive type, very passionate, high energy type people. And then lastly, we have the nines and they are peacemakers and they are all about calm and having just a a warm atmosphere. They do not like conflict. They love peace. They love harmony. They promote that. And a lot of times they're the mediators in their family and friend groups. So that's just a brief overview of them all, but you can read about any time. If you type in the Enneagram in Google search, you'll learn all about each type and really dive in. There's tons of free tests that you can take um, that will, you know, five minutes that will tell you what you are. Well, it's funny as you were going through and describing each one briefly, I know somebody in my life that is every single mm -hmm, one of them. Mm -hmm. So that brings up a quick diversion. Are there any numbers that don't get along or that we should avoid? <laughs> like as a three, should I avoid the nines because they're just too calming? <laughs> I bet you actually have a bunch of nines in your life because I find that people who are different than you are often the best for you to spend. It's like, it's hard if you like, if you were to get around a bunch of threes, that's where I'd say, okay, we're going to maybe have some conflict because you guys are all trying to achieve and you're all trying to be the most successful and you're all trying, you know, it's, I think every other number though balances you out really well. But I mean, even as a seven, I have multiple friends, best friends who are sevens and we go together. Great. Because it's like, wow, I get you. And I see the world exactly the way that you do. So I don't think that there's any number that you should actually avoid. I just think there's one that just based on their key motivators are like, mm, I don't necessarily understand why you are like that. But even learning about the Enneagram helps you really have compassion for other people and kind of get what drives them. And then a lot less judgment there. That makes sense. It does. And it's funny because, you know, we've talked about how I'm a three um, and I wanted to bring up I took the test a while ago and the, after you take the test, they give you like a little, your type in depth and in a nutshell review. And there's a couple of things in here that, um, we're pretty spot on and ones that really, really annoyed me. Um, so like the threes are competent and hardworking. They get a lot done and they make it look easy, even as they are spending considerable effort on the flip side, their interest in authenticity is low. Putting on the right public face and maintaining a successful image are more important to threes than developing good relationships and listening to their own genuine feelings, mm -hmm. which granted, I don't like feelings. So I get that part, that but, true. um, I do like genuine relationships and I do believe in authenticity. And you kind of mentioned earlier, um, off, off 
line about being a wing four. Can you explain that process a bit and how that factors yeah, in? Yeah. So first I'll say that each number has its, you know, it's good things. And then it also has its dark side or its shadow side. Right. So like, wow, for me as sevens, we are all about getting as much out of life as possible. Our like deadly sin is gluttony because we can never have enough. It's always wanting more more, 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 and we're never content. And so we're very much so grass is greener on the other side type people. And so when you first read about the Enneagram, a lot of that stuff cannot, it doesn't sit right at first. Cause you're like, mm, okay, that was pretty negative thing. But then you start to read about it and actually think about it. And you're like, well, I guess I could see how that plays out in my life. Or you take this test a second time like I did. <laughs> yeah. Or you <laughs> take it, you're like, that can't be my number. <laughs> yeah. um, but I say, so if you, if there's a part of your number that doesn't quite resonate with you, it's probably because you have a wing. And so your wing is a number on either side of your number. So for Sally as a three, she could either be wing two or wing four. And in this case, she's wing four because she does value authenticity, which is the key motivators for fours. Fours love, you know, being authentic to who they are as a person. They never stray from that. And so as her wing four, that is something that is important to her, even though it's not important to most threes if that makes sense mm -hmm. so are you is this going to be like another side hustle for you is <laughs> i don't know i feel like it should be yeah i really love it i've read like five books on it and um had ever all my friends and family i i it's like very much so in my day-to-day -day talk i just am like oh well because you're a nine or you know i'm such a seven today here's what i did you know and mm -hmm. stuff like so it's just in my day-to-day -day now so you kind of, as we started this section of the of the podcast, you talked about how if you don't know who you are or you don't know how to brand yourself, you should look at your Enneagram number. Mm -hmm. How how can you bring that all together? So like once we know our number, what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. Is it going with the three and like reading the description and putting that type of information in my resume, in my LinkedIn, et cetera? Or what is that? Yeah, definitely. First thing I'll say about the Enneagram is the test isn't always right. And like when I take the test, I show up as a three, which is hilarious to me because I'm like, I'm not a three, but I do show up as a three because I am very hardworking and action oriented. And so a lot of times it can get or the way that we see ourselves isn't totally accurate. And it's not until we read about each number that we truly resonate with one number so much more than the others. So I'll say first take the test, but then read, read, read about all of them. And then you'll really find your number and you'll identify with one. And then once you have that, I think what's key is, you know, when I was finding type seven, um, I named, the, <laughs> I named our business after the Enneagram type seven, because I love that personality type. And although it's mine, I love, you know, it is such, it's formed it's been such an instrumental part in forming my personal brand that I wanted it to be a part of the brand that I created for my business. And so a lot of what form a lot of what makes up a seven is what makes up how we treat our clients. And so, you know, we're action oriented. We're always optimistic. We're always on the sunny side where how can we get this done? What ways can we work around to make this work? You know, and so it's just taking pieces from your personality and saying, what are my strengths? Let's not focus on our weaknesses. Let's focus on our strengths here. What are the things that I bring to the table? What are my strong suit? And then how can I make those what everyone else knows me as? And it's using those keywords. It's making sure that those are, you know, in your summary on your LinkedIn, it's on your resume, just all across the way that you brand yourself is like, I am this person and I am proud to be this person. And these are my strengths and I want everyone to know about it. So it's just a great tool for forming that. 
So for our listeners, we'll make sure to put in the episode notes um, Waverly's favorite version of the test so that you can all take it. Yeah. We'll also put her email so you can email her and ask her, what does this mean? Mm-hmm, and have her definitely. explain it to you. Now that we've talked about personal brand, Enneagram, and how that can help you build your personal brand, once you've got that all set, how can your personal brand help you develop resiliency? And the reason I ask this question is many of our listeners probably are aware this year um, in for When Colorado 2020, our, our theme is be resilient in your career, in your personal life, and in your community. So again, I ask, how how can knowing your personal brand help you develop resiliency in any of those three areas? Yeah, I think that's absolutely key. I love that we chose Be Resilient as the theme for this year because now more than ever, we're all learning how important it is to be resilient and we're all having to learn those skills. All of us probably know someone who's been laid off or someone who's really worried about their job right now. And so personal branding is more important than ever because it is, you know, I think of personal branding as the number one way to gain confidence in the job market because it's like, okay, here is who I am. And it's a very concise, cohesive key message about who I am and what I bring to potential employers or who I currently work for. And here's what I care about. Here's what I value. And here are my strengths. And so if you can hone those in and make sure that those are clear on and everything obviously visually is matching and all of your different channels are aligning and you have this strong presence online and whenever you meet people and it all matches up to be one solid appearance and it forms your personal brand that makes you a strong candidate for any jobs especially right now when we're in such a turbulent market yeah industry yeah Yeah. No, I think that's incredible. I think um, your advice is spot on. And again, we will put in the notes the the link that you prefer to do the testing and then your contact info in case anybody has questions about Mm -hmm. how they can dive in further to it. Um, Just to kind of do a little wrap up, I wanted to do uh, fun facts about you. (laughs) Um, So I have a a couple of questions. Feel free to, you know, just go off the top of your head and answer them however you feel at this moment. Um, First of all, texting or talking, which do you prefer? Gosh, I wish it was talking, but it's texting. I like (laughs) don't answer my phone. Do not call me. I will. I would so much prefer a text. (laughs) Which leads me to another side question. Um, Do you leave voicemails? No. Neither do I. Like if you see me call, just call me Uh, back. Yeah. If you saw that I call, call me back or don't text me. Honestly. (laughs) Or I'll never call you. So don't, you'll never get a call. You'll get a text. And Mm -hmm. then if you follow that up with a call, I'm like, dang it. So favorite concert? That you've been to? Mm. Chance the Rapper, 2017 Red Rocks. So um, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? Honestly, I think it would be, this is going to sound bad, but I'll explain. Try less hard in school because I tried so hard to get perfect grades none of that. And and then I went into the creative field, which is absolutely hilarious because in the creative industry, absolutely no one cares about grades. And if you try to bring your GPA, they laugh and they think that you're weird. So it's actually a bad look. So I would have spent less time focusing on my grades and the actual like stats and way more on the things I actually cared about. And I would have enrolled in more classes of things that I cared about and um, invested in those things rather than just trying to get what would look good on a resume. That's good. That's good advice from last year. Um, <laughs> from two, okay, two years ago. I was in college two sure. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are the three, we've talked about branding this whole episode and the, the personal brand. What are the three words you would use to brand yourself? Hmm. Um, fun. P- 
compassionate and optimistic. And final fast question is what gives you resiliency? It's people. I'm a huge people person and I'm all about connection and I'm oftentimes a external processor. So in like when a lot of times something happens to someone and they go in their head about it, I don't ever go in my head about anything. I only talk to people about it. So whether that means I do get on the phone and I call 10 people who are close to me to talk something out, that's what it means. But the people around me are what give me resiliency. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute blast. We've learned about the Enneagram and how that can help uh, kind of form your personal brand. And your expertise on that is second to none. So thank you so much for sharing that. What's the best way that people can find you? Yeah. So I think the probably the best way is on Instagram where type seven creative and that's seven, the number seven, or, um, we have a website type seven creative.com. And then you can just email me. I'm waverly at type seven.com. So if you have any questions, just shoot me a message or a DM and I'm happy to answer them or any questions that you have specifically about the Enneagram. I've been getting a ton and I've been posting mood boards about each number. So those are kind of fun too, to see just which one you really resonate with. It might help inform which number you are. Yeah, it's been great. And I'd love to have anyone reach out. And also if anyone is interested in having a Enneagram related event for Women's Energy Network, we'd love to hear that. So if you want to just reach out on the Women's Energy Network, Instagram or email or any way that you can reach us and let us know that you'd be interested in that, we'd love to hear your feedback. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next episode. And if you like this one, please rate and review it. And don't forget to keep in touch with us on social media by searching When Colorado on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And until next time, stay resilient.